Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. This is the heart of Jesus' message. Love the stranger. Jesus was countercultural. Forgiving the woman caught in adultery, touching and healing a leper, he was all about the misfits and outcasts of all stripes. Jesus would have fit right in here. <laughs> he also hung out with people most of us couldn't stand. Tax collectors, infamous for embezzlement and for cooperating with the hated Roman government, and pariahs of all kinds came into his circle of ministry. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, he said, but the sick. This is the Jesus I love, the Jesus whose life and teachings honor the inherent worth and dignity of every person. This is the Jesus who loved children and whose unconditional love reminds us that every child is precious, that each night a child is born is a holy night. Who said that? A remarkable woman named Sophia Lyon Foss. Born in China in 1876 to Presbyterian missionaries, she eventually questioned her evangelical upbringing and in 1945 walked into a Unitarian church where she became a renowned and revolutionary religious educator. We wish children to come to know God directly, she said, through original approaches of their own to the universe. Sophia Lyon Foss spent all her later years devoted to the creation of religious curriculum for children. She wrote 40 books and countless articles on children's religious education. She was ordained at the age of 83, retired at the age of 88, and died at 101, leaving a rich legacy and these beautiful words. And so the children come. And so they have been coming always in the same way. No angels herald their beginnings. No prophets predict their future courses. No wise men see a star to point their way, to find a babe that may save humankind. Yet each night a child is born is a holy night. Parents sitting beside their children's cribs feel glory in the wondrous sign of life beginning. Each night a child is born is a holy night. Uh, 
I have to admit that I finally watched Frozen. <laughs> this morning, I have a special guest with me. This is Rick, the snowy owl. Some say that snowy owls represent the magic and the mystery of the universe. Snowy owls, snow, and us, no two are exactly the same. Each snowy owl, each snowflake, each one of us is totally unique. There isn't anyone that is like us in the whole world. That is magical and mysterious, for sure. This time of year makes me think of the snowy owls and the snowflakes and all the Native American tribes and people of faith coming together at Standing Rock in North Dakota. All working and praying together to stop the pipeline called the Black Snake. This snake threatens the water and the earth. A special thank you goes to Reverend Fred Small, our Minister of Climate Justice, for sharing his experience of being so present at Standing Rock. Let's imagine for a moment like a dream like Jacob's dream from Genesis that says, surely God is in this place, and I did not know it. Feel free to close your eyes if you wish. Perhaps there were snowy owls out as the blizzard arrived at Standing Rock, as the 2,000 veterans and so many generations arrived, people of faith standing together, bearing witness to the sacredness of the land and the water. Let's imagine the snowy owls way up in the sky, sending a blizzard of snowflakes, sprinkling down snow blessings, each touching and uplifting the water protectors, the veterans, and all the supporters. It is cold, so cold. Perhaps everyone was frozen to the touch, but their hearts were filled with faith and warmth. Let's imagine that this magic is truth. Surely God is in this place, and I did not know it. Let the blessings go, carried on the wings of the owls, showering snowflake blessings to the warm hearts 
and the strong, cold bodies. Let us send blessings to all those who are present, who have come together for the good of the land and all of creation. The snowy owl says, who, who? Or maybe we can hear them in the darkness saying, thank you, thank you. Wasn't it magical yesterday to wake up to the snow? For just a few hours there, it was, as they say, beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Well, that is, except for people like me, who are used to ringing in Christmas from the Sunshine State. When I fly home to Jacksonville next Sunday, the forecast is predicting partly sunny skies with a high temperature of 76 degrees. <laughs> While Christmas in Florida isn't exactly the classic holiday experience that's reflected in our popular culture, there's something particularly endearing about our brand of seasonal festivity. Floridians love to de decorate for Christmas. We fill our yards with reindeer and snowmen, weather notwithstanding. We also enjoy the mashup between traditional icons of Florida and Christmas. So you'll see a lot of flamingos and Santa hats, seashell ornaments, and snowmen made of sand. Our light displays are second to none. Picture palm trees with white and red lights wound all the way up their trunks in a row of 40-foot candy canes. And we don't stop at just our homes. One of the biggest holiday events in Jacksonville is the annual boat parade in which 200,000 people line the banks of the St. Johns River to ooh and ah as the elaborately lit boats cruise past. Now just to be clear, we participate in traditional holiday activities as well. We bake the same cookies that you do up here. We go caroling to delight our neighbors. You know, head out in shorts to sing about winter to people who may have never seen snow. On New Year's Day, about 500 people gather in Jacksonville Beach for the annual Polar Plunge. <laughs> On the warmer years, it's more of an ambitiously named dip in the ocean, but it is a tradition nonetheless. December is the height of citrus season in Jacksonville. For many folks, bags of homegrown oranges and grapefruit are a go-to Christmas gift, regardless of what the recipient might be growing in their own yard. My mom's got a pretty amazing variety of citrus, 
but the best is her satsuma tree. For those who may not know the satsuma, it is the perfect blend of a really sweet orange and a very easy to peel tangerine. At Christmas time, my nieces and I love to go out in the front yard in our PJs, pick satsumas off the tree, and head straight to the porch swing to feast together on the juicy goodness. Now there aren't many cut your own Christmas tree opportunities in Florida. <laughs> Most of our trees are imported from farms in North Carolina. But I really love having a fresh tree, so I would go buy mine right after Thanksgiving to maximize my Christmas tree enjoyment time. But it was a little tricky to get a six-foot tree home since I drove a 1996 Toyota Celica. But if I timed it just right with the weather, I could put the convertible top down and hang the tree out the back for the drive home. Now, a lot of people do a formal meal for Christmas dinner, but my family's tradition is fondue. On Christmas night, we light a fire in the den fireplace and we sit on the floor around the coffee table, dipping crusty bread into delicious bubbling cheese. It is the best. Now there have been years where we had to bump down the air conditioning a bit to make this feasible. <laughs> but we do what we have to to preserve the sacred tradition. And that is what Christmas is really all about. It's gathering with the people we love, taking time to pause from everyday life to savor delicious food and beloved company, opening ourselves up to beauty and magic in all of its forms, reveling in nostalgia, and passing along our traditions to the next generation, extending generosity to our neighbors and experiencing joy. Now, I may not be dreaming of a white Christmas, but I sure am excited to join Santa in the skies next Sunday so I can get home just in time for my Sunshine State Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you all, and blessings on your holidays and the things that make them special to you. If you were able to join us for the carol sing this past Sunday, you may have heard some of the extraordinary history of our next carol, Jingle Bells. Written by James Lord Pierpont in 1857, Jingle Bells was originally intended to be a Thanksgiving carol, but was soon co-opted to celebrate Christmas. Among its many claims to fame, Jingle Bells was the first song to be broadcast in space. As the story is more traditionally told, the astronaut crew of the craft Gemini 6 decided to prank their mission control supporters. They announced that they were seeing an unidentified flying object circling the world, and then pulled out the harmonicas and jingle bells 
that they had snuck aboard the spaceship and broadcast Jingle Bells out into space. Now, that's how they tell the story. But today, I'd like to tell you another story about what happened that winter day back in 1965. Razzle the alien had always loved to ask questions. He wondered about stars and planets. He wondered about comets and asteroids. And he wondered about the great, vast universe that he lived in. Every morning, he woke up and asked his alien mom questions about space. He would walk through town and ask his alien neighbors questions about the galaxy. He would even ask his alien teacher questions about space travel. Razzle asked many, many questions, but his favorite question of all, the one he asked the most, was, is there life on other planets? Now, not every alien that Razzle knew liked all of these questions. The other aliens would roll their eyes and brush past him. They would tell him to stop asking so many questions. One cold day, Razzle was walking home feeling a little defeated. He had asked the alien shopkeeper if she knew if there was life somewhere else in the universe. She grunted a quick, I don't know, at Razzle and hurried him along on his way. She didn't care at all about his question. As Razzle walked down the street, wondering why no one wanted to answer his questions, he started to hear a sound. From far off in space, he heard the gentle tinkling of bells, the whistle of a harmonica and strange, unintelligible voices. Razzle was amazed and could not believe his ears. He was hearing music from another planet. He ran down his street looking for someone to talk to. He wanted to scream, do you hear that? It's music from another planet. Could it possibly be? Now I have proof. There must be life far off in our universe. He kept looking around, yet saw no one. And as quickly as the music had started, it disappeared again. Razzle shook his head and then smiled, looking out at the stars. He walked the rest of the way home, humming that strange tune. He was filled with joy because even if no one else had heard the strange music, that day he had finally found an answer. The end. You probably know the story of How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Dr. Seuss. How the Grinch, who hates Christmas, hates the singing and the joy of all the Who's in Whoville, tries to stop Christmas by stealing every last Christmas present, decoration, and even all the Who's food. Here's the Grinch at the end of the story. 
just after he has completed the caper. Poo-poo to the who's, he was grinchily humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the who's down in Whoville will all cry, That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. He paused, and the Grinch put a hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. But this sound wasn't sad. Why? This sound sounded glad. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And then the true meaning of Christmas came through, and the Grinch found the strength of ten Grinches plus two. And now that his heart didn't feel quite so light, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light. With a smile in his soul, he descended Mount Crumpet, cheerily blowing hoo-hoo on his trumpet. He brought everything back, all the food for the feast, and he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast beast. If I were in this story, I would like to picture that I was one of the Who's, the joyful people who love Christmas and singing, and that the people with whom I disagree, they are the Grinches. But the truth is, just like the Grinch, there is anger and resentment and vindictiveness in me too maybe in all of us. And sometimes we need a reminder from our community about what really matters. We see something of the Grinch in ourselves. We all have room for our hearts to grow three sizes. May we be surrounded by those that, like the choir of the indefatigable Who's singing together, 
uplift our souls and strengthen our hearts to do this work. And when we have been stubborn and hard-hearted, may we, like the Grinch, accept gracefully the possibility that letting go of our own stubbornness and anger can open our hearts to the possibility of joy. And now that our hearts don't feel quite so tight, we whiz with our loads through the bright morning light. This Christmas, may we all grow our hearts three sizes together. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.